Okay, everybody, welcome to Tell um, Thoughts, Experience, and Life Lessons with Jessica Vasquez. Thank you so much for being here today. I am very excited because we have our very first time guest today, a dear, dear friend of mine, um, Melissa. And today we're going to talk about mental health in the church. And uh, Melissa is a great friend of mine. We go way back. And Melissa is a a licensed, um, has a degree in in counseling and is a licensed um, life coach. And Melissa um, is a newly married. So I hope it's okay to share that because I didn't want to misspell her, missay her, her new last name. So Melissa, please um, tell us more about yourself and welcome to tell. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. Um, as Jessica was saying, we have known each other for several years. So when she asked me to come on the podcast, I was very excited about it and very honored to be able to do that. Yes, and I did just get married. We've been married for three months now, so not very long. I started out with a long last name, Bruschensky, and now I have a little shorter last name, but still um, quite exciting. It is Kahehu. So my husband is Kenyan, and yes, we have been married for three months, so that has been quite the journey and very exciting and fun so far. Awesome. Yeah, so just to tell you a little bit about me, I have a degree in counseling and I have a certification as a life coach, as a Christian life coach. I have been involved in the ministry for the past 20 plus years in different aspects. I did a couple of years on the mission field. After that, came back from there and have been involved in different churches through internships, have worked at three different churches, just in various places I've lived in North Carolina, Virginia, then back to North Carolina. And when Jess reached out to me about talking about mental health in the church, I thought, what a good conversation to be having because this is something that we have talked about together just in our own personal conversations. And I think it's really important, especially within the past couple of years with the pandemic and just everything that people are going through, um, you know, personally moving from working, a lot of people working out in the marketplace and then everything moving into their homes. So there's just a lot that we could talk about with this. Yes, thank you for that, Melissa. That is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, yes, we've had these conversations in the past, and we haven't really had this conversation since um, the pandemic. So yes, it, it just brings a whole nother layer to it. So thank you so much for being here. I'm excited about today's conversation. Um, so as uh, it was alluded to, I wanted to have you on the podcast because it was the first time I had ever had a conversation about the Christian church and mental health was a conversation that you and I had several years ago. Um, and that's, you know, why I want to bring Melissa on here. Um, so Melissa, what is your take on mental health and um, how it is talked about or not talked about in the church? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great question for myself. It wasn't a thing where I grew up knowing about mental health per se. I, you know, when I was young, I always have a desire to help people. And then that led me to the mission field. And then when I came off of the mission field, 
I started going to school and then decided to go to school for psychology, eventually to grad school for counseling. And so for me, my journey, I guess my understanding of mental health began about 13 years ago to really understand it when I started um, my whole process going back to school. And so for me, I feel like mental health is so important. I think that a lot of times people within the church get a little scared when they hear the word mental, when they hear the phrase mental health, it's like, oh, why do we have to talk about this? Is it really that important? And so I kind of wanted to rephrase it tonight in that looking at this more on the lines of let's talk about health holistically. And I think that's really where I come in it from the mental health standpoint. I think within the church, you have, you, there has been a stigma in that, especially in the past, where we have had this idea, especially within the Western church, that to have a mental health issue means, oh, there's something wrong with us, or there's something wrong with our faith, or we're not doing something right. You know, um, I've actually heard that. I was actually told that several years ago by someone that I was on a missions trip with, and I was struggling at the time with depression, but it was from previous trauma. And I didn't know how to put that into words. And they said, you know, it just comes to the point where you just have to get over it, Melissa. And I thought to myself, and that was so hurtful for me at the time, because I thought, well, if it were that easy, I would have already done it, you know? And so I think in that particular situation, that's just a small example, but going back to, you know, there's been this stigma of, well, there must be something wrong. There must be something wrong with your faith. You must not be doing something right. But if we really look at the Bible, we can look back and we can see there is a lot of suffering. There is a lot of mental anguish. There is a lot of depression. There is anxiety. There is hopelessness. It was, it's, I feel like it's, it was the human condition being written out on page and mental health really is just on a continuum of, you know, the ups and the downs and some people handle it differently than others. Some of that looks like anxiety and depression. Some of that looks like true personality disorder. And so it is on this continuum and some of that looks, so it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of complicated in that sense, but at the same time, it's not something to necessarily be afraid of. Right, that's so good. That was so rich on there. I took some notes on um, some of the things that I heard you say. Uh, but before we go into that, for the listeners that may not know, what does it mean to be out in the mission field? What does, what does mm -hmm. that mean? Talk to me more about what is that to be in the mission field? Sure. So I was actually overseas um, for about two years time. I came back to North Carolina for about six months and then went back on the field. And so I actually did Christian ministry in Australia, East Timor, and um, in India as well. 
So for me, I was working with a healthcare team. I was doing ministry type um, evangelism, more like, you know, connecting with people there. And then, um, you know, just teaching people basic healthcare. And so that was what my mission field was when I was actually overseas. Now my mission field looks much different in that I'm here, I'm newly married, you know, I'm working as a life coach and just the people that are influenced in my life right now, that's my mission field. Right. So mission field would be most of the times um, churches and things go overseas to do some Mm -hmm. kind of work, um, usually humanitarian work or something of that Mm -hmm. nature. So you mentioned that you were actually one of them, or I I don't know if all on the doing a health mission. So ironically enough, I'm I'm curious where this person said to you uh, that they were, you know, uh, get over it kind of thing. Was that (laughs) when you were on the health one on the health mission? Um, I'm curious about that. So in, it wasn't on that particular one, the one I just mentioned about this, when that person said that to me, was on a short-term trip. But when I was on the mission field for a little bit longer, when I was, you know, um, over in India, I had, there was that type of an attitude at times. And I think a lot of that had to do with the mission was so, big and so important that it was like, well, why do we have to take care of anything other than the mission that we're here for? And I just think that there wasn't an understanding of we have to take care of our own people as well. Right, right. right. And I think that goes along with the church as a whole to look at mental health holistically, mind, body, spirit, rather than just looking at it like, you know, oh, that person is depressed. Well, let's not talk about that or let's just pray it away. Right. And I do believe that prayer works. Right. I do believe that, you know, um, inner healing works, but I also believe that true mental health counseling is about 80% of the time, I think it's, it's helpful or to be talking to someone on a regular basis, trusted friend, you know, a mentor, um, somebody that can sit with you in that and can be with you and that loves you through it and doesn't just say, hey, you need to get over this or hey, you know, this is a problem and this is what you're doing wrong. Like Jesus never said to anyone that he ministered to, he may have reprimanded some, (laughs) (laughs) but he never said to those that were truly hurting, you know, this is what you need to do and you just need to get over it. That's so good. Wow. That's it right there. I'm like, (laughs) that's the anchor right there. That that is so, so good. Um, I like how you said earlier about, let's talk about health holistically. And you said Mm -hmm. it again about how it's just not physical or it's not just spiritual. There are so many aspects to us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of times there is that, that stigma with mental health. So I do like that new aspect of let's talk about health um, holistically. Um, And I think it just has so much to do um, with being whole and being complete. And that mm-hmm. analogy, uh, excuse me, that example you gave about Jesus. Yeah. He never said, well, you know, get over it. You know, mm-hmm. um, he really did that inner healing, you know, and inner healing doesn't have to look in just one way. 
Yeah. Um, there are some times exactly. that, you know, we can walk through if inner healing and it'll take care of that. And sometimes mm-hmm. prayer, sometimes we need all of them, you know, not yeah. to mention fasting too, <laughs> but yeah. that's a whole nother, a whole nother topic. Whole nother episode. So, yes. <laughs> Awesome. That is so, so good. Um, so speaking of counseling, so why should we be open to counseling and Christianity, like as, as a church, as a believer of Jesus Christ? I think that really when you break it down and you look at it, counseling is someone coming alongside of you and helping you through a process. So sometimes we do need professional help. Sometimes getting the counsel, the counsel that we need can come through trusted relationships that could look like a small group that could look like, you know, um, talking with a friend on a consistent basis. It, it really is dependent on the person and what their need is at the time. I think the, the interesting thing is, is that counselors, life coaches, They can help you pinpoint the need to say, okay, this may work for you and you may have to try a few things before you find the fit for you. I think in regards to Christianity and and the church, if going back to, if we really look at the Bible and we look at what Jesus came for, Jesus came to give us life and to give us life abundantly. And so to have life abundantly means that we are going to have to explore the root issues within our life if we're really willing to go further into Jesus and deeper into our relationship with him. And so that process oftentimes looks different for people. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say everyone needs to go to counseling because I don't know if everyone does need to go to counseling, but we do need some kind of counsel in our life. And I think we need not just, oh, yes, I get the counsel of the Holy Spirit, (laughs) which is important. You need that. You need a prayer life. You need that connection with the Lord. But you also need people. You need relationships. You need community. And to be real about that, you know, I've been in certain situations where I, I've experienced depression in my past. I've experienced anxiety and I've also um, sat with people and come alongside of people who've experienced with that. Some who are very open with the process and some who were not. And it, it was so sad it's been so sad at times to watch people who have not been open to the process and the things that they've chosen and you can't make people choose that you know um and I just wanted to say this quote because I read it today and I thought man this is so good and it's by Dr. Ellen Vora she's a holistic psychiatrist And she says, anxiety, depression, and other types of mental illness are not diseases. They are symptoms telling us something is out of balance and that we need to explore that imbalance and find the root causes. And I think a lot of times within the church, 
people look at depression, anxiety, and other types of mental illness, like, you know, it might rub off on you if you get too close to that person, you know what I mean? And it's just so interesting because in the Bible, when people were experiencing these things, Jesus drew closer to those people because he understood this is not a disease. This is part of the human condition and I can help heal that. I can, you know, come close to that person and bring life to that situation. Wow. Thank you for sharing that quote. That is awesome and amazing and a good aspect. Uh, I think also that like we said, with mental health, there's been a stigma inside the church or outside the church. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a stigma too with counseling and going to get counseling. Mm -hmm. So similar to what you said, you know, like, oh no, let's not talk about that or, or mm -hmm. let's not do that. Um, yeah, there's been that stigma. I, I feel like now um, through the last couple of years um, with everything mm -hmm. going on in the world and the pandemic and everything that has come from that and through that, I feel like generally, I don't know if it's just me, my perspective, mm -hmm. but I feel like we're becoming a little bit more open yeah. to it because we're seeing it everywhere. We're seeing in the suicide rates and the overdose rates and everything of that nature. But I also like how you said community. I think that's part of the problem, right? We've all been isolated and we do need that community. So perhaps whereas before we weren't thinking that we needed counseling before, maybe because of so many life changes, now would be the time. Mm -hmm. um, I've shared an episode before um, that I have um, gone to see a, a Christian counselor for the first time last year. And ironically enough, I was checking my calendar from last year, this time last year, because I was trying to find something out for records. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, this time last year, I would have been in counseling. And I'm like, I feel like I had not progressed enough until I had the perspective where, wow, it's been one year since I went to counsel and I find myself, like you're saying, using those tools, it's not an end all be all. You're not going to, like you said, you know, <laughs> coach or counselor is going to help you mm -hmm. pinpoint and find the rules. It's not like your problems are going to be yeah. resolved, but you learn strategies and, mm -hmm. you know, when either that anxiety or depression or sadness or just the off balance, as you said, starts to happen. Okay. You know, I've been through this before. What can I do to help this situation? Um, so I really liked how you were talked about the balance, because I think that's what we're missing a lot today is just the balance. You know, there's so many things going on yeah. in the world. You know, if you're working or not working, working from home, just trying to keep mm -hmm. a healthy balance. Um, so now more than ever, it's important to look at those aspects. You know, you said either mm -hmm. small group, um, trusted friends, trusting relationship um, and needing that community and just being figuring out what works better for you um you know go yeah. ahead well I was just gonna say also I was thinking about community today and other aspects of community like I think a lot of times when you're involved in church and like for myself I've been involved in church for several years since I was a teenager just really involved and then when the pandemic happened that just kind of changed everything for me because being so involved I was um, interning and working in a church. I was taking ministry school classes. I mean, everything I was doing was in that environment. And then when the pandemic came, that just completely changed because of course everything shut down. 
And it really made me rethink the aspect of community and what that can look like for people. And so that could look like, you know, you have a walking group in your neighborhood, you have a book club, um, you know, you go and you play basketball, like I'm thinking about like guys and stuff like that. Like a lot of these are physical activities as well, I'm thinking of, but just somewhere where you can connect with people on a different level and where, you know, you can really open yourself up in a different way than you would be just behind your closed doors of your home. And that can look very different for women as opposed to men as well, because women are often more relational beings. So for us, we, you know, we want that connection. We, we strive for that connection. Like being newly married, sometimes I'll say things to my husband, like, oh, I miss, I miss doing this, or I miss my friends. And he'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Just for him, it's, it's different, you know? And so I think just exploring what can community look like for me and what is your capacity for that, for the season that you're in? You may not be able to sit down and talk about all your issues, but you may be able to walk around the block a few times with somebody and just that connection with them can help whatever's going on inside of your heart and your mind. You know what I mean? There have been seasons where I have just not had the words for what is going on in my heart and in my mind, but I was able to connect with somebody because I literally, this is the truth. And I would, I used to walk with friends um, around my friend's neighborhood when I first moved back to North Carolina. And I didn't, and it was just connecting with them, but it was also, I didn't quite have the words for what was going on in my heart and in my mind, but that connection helped me open up and it helped me move into other aspects of, okay, I need to sit with, with someone and I need to talk to someone about what's going on inside of me. Right. That's so good. It sounds like that helped change your perspective and figure out, mm-hmm. figure that out. That's so good. Yeah. And yeah, the good that can come out of like, we were saying just being in isolation and everything. So I've always enjoyed dancing and love to dance. And mm-hmm. um, I've started taking um, Zumba classes and that's right, been yes. so fun. Um, <laughs> and even though I don't talk to the ladies much, like you said about what's going on and I'm not ready to, I mean, we haven't built those relationships. We do have that other level of having fun at that time. And we're all just enjoying the time together. I think to just to add this in, that holistically, when we look at a person's health and their mental health, which is just one aspect of our health, to look at physical health and to look at, um, okay, are you getting out and are you moving? Because when we get out and we move, you know, endorphins change, dopamine in our brain changes, dopamine is like the fun drug in our bodies it gets us going and it's like the chemical that helps us come alive. So what are we eating? What are we drinking? What kind of movement are we doing with our body? Dancing is a great example. Um, Have we had a a physical lately? 
you know, things like that. What are we watching on television? What are we listening to on the radio? Are, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And so there are some, because I love like mystery type podcasts and stuff like that. And there's sometimes where I'm like, I'm not going to listen to that one today. That one is not going to help my state of mind. So just noticing those things, like what is beneficial for me and what is not beneficial for me. Yes. And sometimes you have to kind of explore that because some people aren't as in touch for those sorts of things. But if you really take a step back and look at those things, you can do it. Yes. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, even in that example, you're saying in what season in life are you in, you know, that might've worked for you before, but if you've had a big lifestyle change or anything like that, you're just in a different capacity level, you know, that may have worked for you in one season and it might be time to switch it up. Cause that's what happened to me with the, with the zoom. I knew I needed to get more physically fit and what I was trying before going to the gym wasn't working. It wasn't catching my attention. I was tried at home workouts and I, I needed that, that sense of community. I knew that that worked for me because the gym I was going to didn't have any group classes. So, so yeah, you just have to kind of switch it up. And yes, like you said, be self-aware of what works for you as well as what season in life you're in. So yes, that is so good. Bringing it back to the holistic mind, body, uh, soul, and spirit. That's very, very good. That's awesome. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> so is there anything else um, for the audience to know regarding um, a holistic health um, and either church or faith, anything okay. else that you would want to share? Sure. I, I want to add a couple of things. Going back to the church and going back to really talking about mental health in the church, I have been a part of um, various different churches because of the states that I've lived in and the parts of the states that I've lived in. But um, I, I, you know, I've been in churches that handle mental health and health in general very well. And I've been in churches who are still, and we're all in process, but I've also been in churches where they're still kind of in the beginning processes of learning what that really is and what that really looks like. And I think when you have leadership within a church and what they really focus on and what they bring into it can really help the congregation and can really help even the people that work within the church to realize, okay, am I taking care of myself? Am I taking care of myself emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally? even financially, like that's a part of, of health. If you, you know, to really break it down and to look at it. So for example, I've been a part of churches that really value like deliverance and prayer ministry and healing like Sozo and restoring the foundations and like um, father heart ministries and different things like that. My husband and I are currently going to a church that is actually his church. Um, before we met, he had been going there for several years. And the thing I love about this church is they really focus on health, like the whole person. And one thing that they have really strong ministry in is family ministry. And so that's something that the pastor and his wife um, feel very strongly about and they will teach from the pulpit 
just about their own lives and the processes they have gone through. And right now the pastor is preaching on really what it looks like to connect with people. And I think that's a big aspect of mental health and health as a whole, like connection. Who are we connecting with? What are we connecting to? And is that those things or those people, is that bringing life? Or is that, you know, sucking the life out of me for lack of a better way of putting it? Um, Because there have been times, and I was thinking about that recently, I am so aware now of the people that give me life and the people that it's just a little bit harder for me to be around for an extended amount of time. And I think I've just become so aware of that because of what I've done for a living. And also I've been really clear. The Lord has been really clear with me over the past couple of years of setting boundaries. And that's a whole conversation for another time. But what that looks like for me in my capacity, what I can give, but also what am I receiving from that person? That's so good. Yeah. So the, the theme I'm hearing here is community and holistic and, and every aspect. I love that you mentioned even financial, right? I don't even think we, we, we think no, we about that too. That yeah, we don't <laughs> think about, but it's true because that can affect your mental health, you know, and, and vice versa. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So you mentioned that you've been in churches where they handle mental health really good. And then you gave the example of what your current church is doing, how they see the whole body. Is that an example of one of a church that that can handle mental health really good or if not um did you have an example of what that looks like a, a church handling mental health well um a good example two examples i can give when i lived in virginia and when i went to college there and in grad school the church that i went to there I actually worked for one of the pastors there i worked for the pastor who was over women's ministry and pastoral care. And the thing I loved about them is that they were a huge church, but from, you know, the pulpit, the the main pastor was very honest about his own journey, his own journey with anxiety and depression and what that has looked like for him. And so I, I feel that when people are honest and open, especially leaders from that point of influence to say, yes, this has been a struggle for me. This is, you know, what I have been through in my own life. And this is what has helped me. And these are the things I still struggle with. I think when there is that much openness within a church setting, um, it really can help people realize, okay, this is, I don't want to stay here, but it's okay. I'm here. And to normalize mental health within the church, rather than saying, oh, let's keep this quiet, because there's a lot of shame wrapped around issues of mental health. And I think, you know, I used to get really upset with people when they're like, oh, you know, something's wrong with you. And And it's because there was shame there. And a lot of times when people say things like that, either they don't have an understanding or they have dealt with something themselves and they're too ashamed 
to reveal what they've dealt with. And so I think to dispel that shame where I've seen where leaders have done that really well is to say, this is what my struggle has been. This is what has worked for me. You know, this is what we're promoting in our church body. You know, like, like I mentioned, there's different ministries like Sozo, restoring the foundations. And also to say, you know, if these things are helpful, but if they're not working for you, we suggest this counselor. When I was working and interning at the church um, that I was at before I met my now husband, they had a pastoral care department that I interned in, and we had a reference list like you would at a counseling center where we could refer people out to different counselors, to different prayer ministers, you know, to um, if they needed help with financial issues, if they needed help like crisis pregnancy, you know, different things like that. We had a reference list to point them. If we couldn't help them in the pastoral care department, we would point them in a direction where they could possibly get help if that's what they wanted. So I have seen that promoted really well. And I think also when you have leaders that really practice what they're teaching, that if they get up and they say, you know, this has been a struggle for me, and this is what has worked for me or whatever, um, or this is, these are the one, two, threes of what this can look like for you. Well, if they're not doing that within their own life and they're struggling with their own stuff, like say, for example, if you have um, a leader that's really struggling with anger, but they're not doing anything about it, or they're struggling, you have people in leadership that are struggling with addiction, but they're not doing anything about it, um, then that's going to be really hard to pass on to the people that you're trying to minister to. Yeah, that's all I'm hearing is a transparency, right? When they're, mm -hmm. when the leadership is being transparent um, and, and, or when they're able to provide resources, if they can't provide it within, yes. and you know, I, that brings up a whole another um, <laughs> subject where I'm thinking, you know, a lot of things when I think of, um, you know, we see leadership as the quote unquote fall, you know, a lot of us who may be new to the Christian faith or maybe outside the Christian faith um, really kind of gives us a, a bad taste in our mouth when we hear about a leader falling and a leader falling may look like um, an outrage of anger or there's some addiction or some adultery or something from the leadership. Um, whereas we, we, because we don't talk about it, because we have that shame, like Melissa was saying, we sometimes we put people in leadership on a pedestal. So if we see someone in leadership stepping up to the plate and rightfully and and knowingly and with wisdom sharing that with the congregation and, you know, kind of it makes it more like Melissa said, it makes us know that, okay, well, this is going on and I don't know how I feel about this, but at least they're being clear and transparent and he or she is human just like I am. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a big one. I think also when you have people in a position, like say you're in a leadership position 
and say you're on like pastoral staff or you're on staff at a church and you're either struggling or people around you are seeing that there's a struggle, you know, let's say within that mental health realm, if, if leadership does not step in and say, okay, we're noticing this, how can we help? Or we think maybe you need to take a break. And during that break, maybe it would be helpful for you to get ministry. Maybe it would be helpful for you to get professional counseling. I think that's extremely important because especially within ministry, um, within, you know, church ministry, oftentimes people get burnt out and it's because they're constantly ministering to other people that they don't have boundaries set up, um, the proper boundary set up for themselves to get what they need. And I say that from my own experience because I've been through that where I was going from you know one ministry situation to another with my own stuff and not getting not having my full healing. I don't completely have my full healing yet. It's not like I'm completely healed and everything's wonderful, but there's a place I've come in life where it is definitely at a different place and I can manage myself differently, my emotions. You know, I've gotten a lot of healing in regards to hurts and unforgiveness and trauma and once we come to that place and we can manage better, we can also put boundaries in place to say, okay, we can identify it for other people, but we can also identify it for ourselves. Yeah, that is very good for, for anyone. Again, that goes back to the awareness, seeing what works for mm -hmm. you and what, what works for you in that season. Um, and yeah, we've had a lot of good topics, a lot of good conversations. Um, and we'll probably have you back on, Melissa, because we have a lot of different topics um, that we can go on from here. Sure. It's very, very interesting. And, you know, earlier you said that your current church um, really talks about what does it look like to connect with others? And I think I want to, I personally will take that, take that away with me today and just kind of go with that and see, and also being aware of where we are in this season, um, just to see, you know, connecting with others and what works for me. And, you know, if my season changes in a few months, um, just re reassess and reevaluate that, right? And everything like that. So, um, so if there's, um, tell us where we can find you or follow you. Many of the um, listeners would like to kind of um, hear more about you or follow on what you're doing. Where can we reach okay. you? Um, I don't do social media as much as I used to, <laughs> but I do have an Instagram account. Um, it is coach Melissa G on Instagram. And then I also have a Facebook page as well. That's under coach Melissa G and I, it is just C O a C H M E L I S S A G. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you can follow mm -hmm. Melissa on, on her social media pages. She just said, 
Go ahead, Melissa. I will start posting again soon. I need to get a little bit better about that. Um, Also, also, if people want to email me, if they have any questions, if they want to connect, my email address is illuminatecoach at gmail.com. That's I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E-C-O-A-C-H at gmail.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. It's been a great conversation. I appreciate you coming on. Our very first guest ever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm honored and excited to have my good friend Melissa with us. And thank you for sharing um, your story and being transparent with us and and sharing your knowledge and your experiences. And um, we appreciate you very much. And we'll be talking soon. All right. Thank you.